we're going to try and make this a quick one. As I sit here on Halloween night in the studio recording this. And uh, Dawn in Farhaven, someone uh, pretty well known on Sen's Twitter anyway, has just tweeted out that that if your voice is deeper than his, you're getting smarties. And I think that was meant to comment on like the number of teenagers that are maybe showing up at his place, but I'm choosing to take it as a challenge and nobody's given me shit anywhere else. I could use a couple of smarties, so I think I can take him. I think I can get down deep enough. Anyway, Matt Robinson with you in the TCA studio. I've had a couple of pieces of candy, we'll call it. Uh, and it's just me. It's been a bit of a day. We'll get to that in a second. I know you were expecting AJ Jackubeck or at least Chris Hoffley, and you are getting neither of them today. It's been one of those days. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, give us a follow on social media at Talkin Audio. Actually, if you had done that already, if you were following us on social media, you would already know that neither of them are here tonight. But uh, that's okay. We'll forgive you this time. Don't let it happen again. Go get subscribed to us. Go get following us there on social media at Tall Can Audio. And make sure you're subscribed to the pod wherever you're hearing us right now. Of course, we're going to have a beer. And uh, this is always one of the interesting hiccups of the podcast. Like you record an episode on Halloween and so you talk a a little bit about Halloween, but no one else hears it until the next morning. It's November 1st and everybody else is kind of over Halloween. So... Uh, whatever, you're going to have to ride with me on this one anyway, because I, I'm not saving these beers any longer. This is called the High Baller Pumpkin Ale from Magnata Brewing Company down in Vaughan, Ontario. I'm intrigued by the High Baller part of it. I don't know if they have like a slumming pumpkin ale or something like that the other end of their, uh, at the other end of their collection, but this is the High Baller Pumpkin Ale, and so that's... And obviously is the one I'm going to go with. 5.5%. It says, uh, I looked it up here on the untapped app just to see what it was all about. It says, uh, pumpkin slash yam beer. I don't really know that I've ever had a yam beer, but it is apparently close to what a pumpkin beer would be. And, and so much so that they're categorized together. This is a pumpkin slash yam beer. Like I said, from Magnata down in Vaughn, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see what that's all about. The time that it takes me to uh, to have my sip. When I'm here alone, when there's no one to cover for me while I take that first sip, it always feels like a really long time. And uh, so I apologize for that. Um, this is interesting. It's 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 got like a little clove to it, maybe. It almost tastes more like Thanksgiving than Halloween. And uh, I know that really could mean two different things on, on either side of the border, but we're here in Canada. So... Um, Maybe feels like something you could have had a little earlier in October, and it's a pumpkin beer, so it's fine on Halloween night, but yeah, a little spice or something, a little clove to it, one of those, uh, not as sweet as maybe as I would have expected, um, yeah, but but still fairly festive, so uh, to shout out to the High Baller Pumpkin Ale, spoke right to me, obviously, um, saw a tweet making its way around, you probably saw it today too, you know, kind of speaking of the Halloween thing, that was, uh, that this... This someone, this Canadian family, I believe out West had bought hundreds of two liter bottles of pop to hand out, uh, instead of candy on Thanksgiving. And you just, man, I don't, (laughs) I don't know. It seems a lot more like trying to one up the other parents on your, uh, on your block than it is trying to make a, a fun night for the kids. I think a lot of those two liter bottles of pop are getting confiscated maybe by the parents when they get home, mix a little something to 
as your kids are digging through their mountain of candy. But like picture some of the kids who come to your door and the size of them. Now they're going to carry a two liter bottle of pop around. Give me a break. And maybe even worse, the the tweens, right? The the ones approaching teenager. How many of them are shaking it up and, and painting somebody's car on the way home or somebody's front window who doesn't answer the, the, the doorbell? I don't know. Just bad idea. And I, like, I don't even love the idea of the cans of pop. Every now and then you see somebody doing that. Actually, I uh, lived in a house that did that one time uh, when I was going to school down in Belleville. Um, one of my roommates uh, that year had decided his girlfriend was going to move in with him down in the basement of the house we all rented and Man, there's a lot of stories that stemmed from that. None of them need to be told tonight, except for the fact that he was going to be working on Halloween night, as were a couple of the other guys that we were living with. But those of us who were home decided, ah, let's do the Halloween thing, right? We'll sit out front, we'll hand out some candy for the kids and stuff. Let's try and be good neighbors, because thus far we have not been good neighbors. <laughs> the police have been here, there's been a couple keggers needing to be uh, broken up. Let's let's try and make it up with, uh, make up with the neighborhood with a little candy or something. Well... This guy's girlfriend decided uh, that she was going to go to the grocery store and she got cans of pop. And this was all part of her master plan. And I guess cans are slightly better than the bottles I'm complaining about. At least kids can carry them. But they're going to crush the, you know, the little bags of chips that they're getting in the bottom. It's, it's not. And I remember being a kid. I didn't want a can of pop. You're looking for candy. You're looking for chocolate. Someone on our street had one of those, like, old-fashioned movie theater size and style popcorn machines. You go up, that was really cool, mainly for the novelty. You go anywhere else, I'm not really all that excited about getting popcorn, but like to be able to walk up and they're scooping it out like at the old-fashioned movie theaters, that was pretty cool. But not if someone was going to throw a can of pop in my bag right afterwards and crush everything. So this girl decides, yeah, no, we're going to hand out the cans of pop, and my buddy and I, who are going to sit out with uh, with this girl and and her girlfriend, uh, friend who was a girl. We don't need to confuse things here. Two guys, two girls. It doesn't matter. They have this plan with uh, the cans of pop, and it is apparently circled around the fact that her rabbit that was living in the basement with us had suddenly exploded and had several bunnies, and she needed to give these bunnies away, needed to find them homes. Well, what better way then by wrapping these cans of pop with like paper or construction paper or whatever and like pictures of the little bunnies, free bunnies to a good home, the phone number, right, to call back. And she's handing these out to the little kids and half of them are like four, five, six years old. And of course they're turning around and running to their parents. Can we get a bunny? They're giving away bunnies. We should have a bunny. And so our plan to to try and make up or, or become friends with with people in this neighborhood that we were living in failed spectacularly because I guess it was better than us having another kegger, but this girl had, had basically told all these kids to ask for bunnies that no parent wanted and now forced all these parents to say no. So not a great idea. The can of pop alone wasn't a super idea. The bunny giveaway wrapped around them was an even worse idea. Uh, anyway, just don't give pop away on Halloween. Just, just stick to the candy and the chocolate. The kids will love you. It's going to be fine. And uh, see if you can find someone like Don in Farhaven who's willing to give you some just for having a deeper voice than him. And I do. Uh, Look, we mentioned on previous episodes that uh, today AJ Jackieback was going to be here. And uh, we were going to post-mortem the Ottawa Red Black season. 
Old Yeller had been dragged out behind the shed on Saturday night. Finished that job off. And, um, you know, it it wasn't pleasant. And AJ was going to come in here while the body was still warm. Help us break it down. He met, uh, texted me on Sunday night. Just after I'd finished putting the Monday morning show to bed. Said, uh, look, something come, has come up. I, I can't come on Tuesday. I can come next week. Is that, all, is that all right? Yeah, it's fine. What are you going to do? I don't have subpoena power here on the podcast. Anyone who comes in here comes in voluntarily. I cannot force them to show up. So uh, I texted our buddy Hoffley, who I'd been talking with anyway. And most of you know Chris Hoffley, especially if you've been listening to this show for a while. But uh, head of PR over at OSEG. And so, you know, we come in. We sort of ask him what the vibes are like around the organization and how things are going. And and then we move on to other things. Because obviously, and it's not a criticism of Hoffley. But it's not his job to come in here and criticize the organization and the team. And if you're expecting him to do that when I have him in here, you're going to be disappointed every time. Doesn't mean he's not a good guest. Doesn't mean he's not an entertaining guy. Doesn't mean he hasn't helped out this show a thousand times before. But he's not going to do the same things when talking about the Red Blacks that AJ Jackiebeck was going to do. But Hoff's a good dude and, and he, he likes coming in to do the show. I love having him come in and do the show. So I reached out to him and just said, you know, any chance you can do it on, uh, on short notice. He goes, yeah. You know, let's shoot for something Thursday afternoon, or excuse me, on Tuesday afternoon, and then I, I could release it on Wednesday, and that'd be that. So he texts me on uh, on Tuesday morning, and uh, we confirm the time, everything's good to go. And then he texts me early Tuesday afternoon, and he actually says, I can come an hour earlier if that's cool with you. And I said, yeah, that's great. Let's get it done, and then we can, you know, watch some trick-or-treaters or get into our high baller pumpkin ales or whatever we're going to do. And... uh and so that was going to be awesome. And then he texted me like half hour later and uh, I'm not going to tell you what it was all about. It's a family thing. Something came up for him uh, out of the blue. And uh, so he sends his apologies and he also will be here. Uh, not next week, most likely the week after. Um, next week's starting to fill up pretty quick. But uh, And that's the fun of being an indie show, right? I don't have other producers running around here, people to just line up guests at will. And we... We have a really great network of guests here that we, uh, you know, I'm pretty happy with how we've developed over the couple of years and that we've been doing the show. Um, but yeah, when, when someone is unavailable at like two o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon, you're looking to get something out for Wednesday morning and you know that the evening you're going to be working with is Halloween, right? People have kids and plans and stuff like that. It just wasn't going to happen. So that's why you got just me today. You will have AJ next week. I'm very confident of that. I, I know you've heard me say it before. I don't want to become the go, the, the, the boy who cried Jackie back, but uh, I am very confident that uh, he'll show up next week and then we'll get to Hoff maybe the week after that. Um, should also remind you, though, on Thursday morning, Lever Sage will be back in here for better or worse, and uh, and we'll see what he's got on his mind. We'll, uh, we'll have tons to cover with him, as always. And then Friday morning, Ken Reed from Sportsnet. We've talked about this a little bit. Hometown Hockey Heroes is his new book. We're going to talk to him a little bit about that. We'll link to it in the uh, description and the show notes if you want to check it out ahead of time. Uh, should be fun to talk to Ken. Seems like a really uh, interesting guy when you're watching him on uh, Connected. He's a pretty funny guy. I've heard him on some other interviews, some other podcasts, this and that. So this will be his TCA debut. We're looking forward to talking to Ken Reed on Friday morning. Uh, not a ton we're going to get into here today. I know everybody's sort of waiting for the, the the other shoe to drop on the Ottawa Senators and the uh, the punishment for the Dadanov trade. And if you've sort of missed that, I think Rob and I touched on it briefly on the Monday morning show. But essentially, 
um, when the Ottawa Senators a couple of years ago signed Dadden off to a contract, he was given a 10-team no-trade list, which means 10 teams he can say, I'm not going, you can't trade me there. So he submits that to Ottawa. Later in the year, Ottawa decides they're trading him to Vegas, and uh, Vegas wasn't on his list, so he was able to go there, no problem. And then not too long after that, Vegas decides we want to trade him. And so they try to trade him to Anaheim and uh, he goes, yeah, no, they're on my no trade list. I'm not going. Vegas is like, what the fuck are you talking about? You don't have a no trade list. And he goes, I absolutely have a no trade list. And uh, so Vegas calls back Ottawa because they're pissed that Ottawa maybe has either not provided all the information or is kind of, you know, not, uh, not been totally upfront about this. And uh, Ottawa goes, he doesn't, he, he's supposed to have one, but he did not submit the paperwork in time. So it's invalid. Well, his, uh, his agent turns around and goes, here it is on time, sent it in, got the proof right there. And uh, the league sides with the agent and with Vegas. And this put everybody in a bad spot. First of all, it made Ottawa look bad, but Ottawa should look bad. They're the ones who fucked up. But you move on to Vegas and Vegas has this reputation of being a team that's pretty ruthless. And we've talked about that on the show, right? If they don't think you can help them anymore, bang, you're gone. Uh, no loyalty at all. They're moving you. They're going to do other things. The classic uh, example being Marc-Andre Fleury, um, you know, the face of the franchise, the biggest name there after the expansion draft, uh, all of it. He had moved kids out there, put them in school, all of it. And they're just like, yeah, no, you're done. See if we want to trade you to Chicago. Um, and that's where this reputation starts to develop. And frankly, they got a Stanley cup out of it and they've only been a team since like 2016. So whatever they're doing to have been this successful for this long is probably working and they should continue to do things that way. That said, this was an extra, you know, log on the fire for Vegas looking heartless. It looks like they have ignored Dadanov's no trade list. It also makes Anaheim look bad. If Vegas had known that Anaheim was on his list and he wasn't going to go there, this never would have become public. The trade doesn't get announced and, you know, it, it just never comes to a head like that. Instead, Anaheim gets put out there publicly. Yeah, this is a guy who says he's not coming to Anaheim. And it's a minor thing. It's probably because of the taxes, right? He's, he's in Vegas, a no-tax state, and he's going to be traded to California a very taxed state. And so it might be nothing more than that. Maybe he's got nothing against the Ducks other than they're terrible. But maybe Anaheim's fine, thinks it's a great city, loves their fans, all that kind of stuff. He just doesn't want to go to a place where he's going to be taxed that much more highly. And that's all there is to it. Well, we don't know that for sure. Instead, Anaheim gets dragged out and just shown to the public as another place that players don't want to go when it never even should have come up. So they look bad. Dadanov looks bad. He now looks like a guy who either A, doesn't have his shit together when it comes to submitting his no trade list, or B, is saying to management, yeah, I know you'd like to do other things. I know you'd like to trade me for somebody else, but I'm not going. And I have this list. I have this contractual right to not go. And so, yeah, I'm sorry that you were put in a bind, but I'm not going. And now it's all awkward, right? As he walks back into the locker room and has to be like, yeah. I know everyone thought I was gone. I'm, I'm still here. I guess I'm sort of fighting with our bosses now. It's awkward. And all of that stems from the Ottawa Senators and Pierre Dorian fucking it up. So there's talk that they're going to be punished. 
Now, the punishment, people are running wild with it. It could be anything. It could be a fine. could be a draft pick. People are sweating hard that it's going to be a first-round pick. I'll be honest with you. Even though this is the Senators' fault, I can't imagine it's going to be a first-round pick. Now, Friedman brought this up on the 32 Thoughts podcast on, I believe it was the Monday show. And one of the things they speculated as to why it might not be a first-round pick even though he's the one who floated that it might be originally. So either he's been corrected by one of his sources or, or whatever. It's him and Jeff Merrick that are debating this. It's a brand new owner. Do you want to say to this new owner, hey, welcome to the club, but we're taking away your next first round pick? You know, maybe that would be an unfortunate message to send this new owner, a shitty way to welcome a guy who had nothing to do with this, right? He wasn't running the show when all, this, uh, all these mistakes were made. Now, I don't think that's why it's not going to be a first-round pick. I don't think it has anything to do with the ownership, and I hope it isn't. I hope that's not why it's not a first-round pick. I think it's not a first-round pick because I that is a massive penalty, and I think the Senators fucked this up, but I don't think to a degree that you take away something as big as a first-round pick. Maybe a third-round pick, more likely a fine, maybe some sort of slap on the wrist in something else that we're not necessarily thinking of. You know, maybe we're thinking of having the draft there in a couple of years. Now you're not. Who knows, right? But I will say that the idea that the Ottawa Senators would be let off the hook here because they have a new owner and they want to be nice to the new guy is ridiculous. You got to know coming in what your organization's liabilities are. So were you in charge when this happened? No. But you're still employing the guy who was. You are buying the entity that made the mistake And while you're doing all your due diligence on finances, arena stuff, any um, debt, all the things that he would be looking into, you also have to look into the hockey ops. What am I walking into? How's this thing being run? Oh, I see it's being run terribly. But we already knew that. He has to know that this thing is out there. Now, we none of us heard that there might be a punishment still looming until the last week or two. But he should have found out in those negotiations, hey, my GM that my team is currently employing, this is on the list of his numerous blunders. Do I want to keep that guy around? And maybe it doesn't matter whether you want to keep him around or not. You screwed Vegas, you screwed Anaheim, and you screwed Dadnov. And if the league's going to come down on that, it shouldn't matter that there's a new owner. Well, he's a new guy. He's, he's the nice guy. We, we, don't, we don't want to upset him. Tough shit. Everyone wants to point to the New Jersey thing. If you remember 100 years ago, they signed Ilya Kovalchuk to a contract that plainly broke the rules of the salary cap. Everybody knew it. The league immediately said, that contract is invalid. Fuck you. And as all of that was getting worked out, they decided to take a first-round pick, a third-round pick, And I think there was a fine as well, all away from New Jersey for trying to circumvent the salary cap. Well, later on, Ilya Kovalchuk bolts, goes back to the KHL. By then, the New Jersey Devils are under new ownership. And they go, well, see, we didn't really get to keep the player either. And, you know, can we have our stuff back? And Gary said, yes. Now, he didn't give them their pick back. He gave them the 30th pick in the first round of that year. 
So instead of who I don't even remember where New Jersey finished. Instead of having the 11th overall pick, they got the 30th overall pick. But they did get a first round pick back. So now everyone's pointing and saying, "Well, see, all these things are the same. If you gave them their pick back, and uh, it was because you wanted to be nice to their new ownership who weren't responsible for this fuck up, then you should do the same for the Senators." Well, it was a mistake with New Jersey, and it would be a mistake now. Again. I don't think Ottawa is going to get penalized a first-round pick. But I do think they're going to be penalized, and I don't think it should be softened just because there's a new owner in town. He bought this thing. He's still employing the guy who made the mistake. That is entirely his decision. You take everything that comes with it. You bought it with these liabilities attached. He's got to know that. It's a bad reason to not punish a team. These teams screwed over these three parties. Here's the punishment we've handed down. Like I said, it's not going to be a first-round pick, in my opinion. But I hope the reason for that isn't because they're trying to be nice to Michael Andlauer. Michael Andlauer should probably be made aware of the mistakes being made by the guy he's still paying to run his franchise. All right, I had a couple other things here, but this has already gone long enough. It's just me. You're hearing me yammer on We'll wrap this up here. I just wanted to get something out to explain why why there was no AJ, why there was no uh, why there was no Hoffley like we've been talking about on social media, which you can follow at Talking Audio. And uh, yeah, and I needed an excuse really to have this high baller pumpkin ale. As I'm thinking about this, I think I've been back and forth. I think I might have called it the high roller pumpkin ale earlier. Either way, it's the high baller pumpkin ale, and it's not bad. Like I said. Little clove, little spice to it, whatever else. I was going to talk a little bit the Calgary Flames and the mess that they're in. Noah Hannafin suddenly pumping the brakes on his contract extension. Maybe we'll get to that with uh, with Versage on Thursday. We got time. We got time. I don't think the Calgary Flames are about to turn it around anytime soon. I I believe I picked them to finish quite a bit higher, like to get into the playoffs, not like win the division, but like be right there battling at the end. And uh, they don't look anywhere close to, to getting that done. So, uh, And if they're going to have another... Str- I, I just assumed last year, off year, trying to get everybody used to things, right? Jonathan Huberto, Mackenzie Wieger had been traded. Kadri was in a new home. It, it was just one of those things where it never quite came together. And this year, I thought they would be significantly better. And they are uh, not significantly better. They might be worse. So uh, we'll have plenty of time to talk about that. Like I said, Lever Sage here Thursday morning. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> like I said earlier, this is, this is one of the fun things about being an indie show, right? We don't have a string of producers with a string of, uh, you know, instant connections to other people. When something falls apart on the afternoon of Halloween, it's just going to fall apart and you're just going to have to let it. But uh, sometimes that's uh, that's part of the fun of the job. Sometimes it's part of the charm. Sometimes it's a frustration. It is what it is. But uh, we've made it this far and... and Lever Sage will help get us back going again on Thursday. Kenny Reed on Friday. Uh, lots of fun stuff coming up on the podcast. I hope you'll stick around for all of it. Thank you so much for listening to whatever this was. Uh, my name's Matt Robinson. Hope you all had a high baller of a Halloween. We'll see you all on Thursday with Lever Sage. See ya. That's it. Not work under these conditions. If anybody wants me, I'll be downstairs at McDougal. Call the weekend guy. I don't care.